It's Sex and Sarah Rose. I'm Sarah Rose, and really quick before we get into this episode, I know you may have found my podcast because you were looking for some interesting information about sex to listen to, but what you may not know is that I actually work with a lot of men to help them tap into their inner badass, have the sexual confidence that they've always desired to have, and to know once and for all that she isn't faking it. I have two distinct programs to help men. The first is for men who are ready to take the first step towards igniting their powerful sexual energy and getting better in bed. It's called Sex Stallion Training and it's an online program for you to do on your own time in the privacy of your home without a partner. This is for men that are single, in a relationship, or dating people. The second is called Man on Fire, which is the only sex university just for men. This six-month program is designed to help you become the ultimate sexual master. For six whole months, you train with me in live online sessions, and I will train you to be the best lover that she has ever had. So if you want the sex secrets that every woman wish you knew, and you wish that every woman had told you, this is where they are finally revealed. Check out more info at tantricactivation.com or just check out the show notes in the podcast app you're listening to this from now, and there will be links there for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. It's Sex and Sarah Rose, and I'm Sarah Rose. Today I am here with Aaron Hickok, and we've got a really exciting episode today where we are going deep into consent and how to make consent sexy because, you know, here at Tantric Activation, we want everything to be as juicy and sexy as possible. <laughs> hey, Aaron, how are you? Hey, Sarah Rose. I am doing great, feeling good and excited to be here for this juicy topic today. Yeah, I mean, it's one of these topics that I feel um, like we really didn't even talk about consent like five years ago. You know, it's a pretty new topic um, and it's one that I feel like so many people have a lot of resistance around like, and I guess it's normal. It's normal to kind of have a, a learning curve and just some like, Oh wait, this feels, this is new and new can often feel awkward. And so, you know, it just was like, why don't we just go into this and um, see how we can make this less awkward, more fun, more sexy, and really give people some good information around consent because I think there's still a lot of confusion as to what actually is consent and you know I think people are just really unclear still um which is causing some problems so um but yeah yeah I'm stoked to talk about this it's actually one of the big reasons why I created the intimacy deck uh, is to help people have these kinds of conversations to explicitly talk about the things that they wanted, the things that they liked, the things that they didn't like, to make these kinds of conversations a lot easier. So this is a topic I'm super passionate about and really excited to jump in with you today. And you are the perfect person to discuss this with. But real quick, so 
I was thinking today about our conversation on our last podcast and how you were talking about like our cycle throughout the day and just like the different like hacking our brain chemistry and everything. So I was think I didn't get a chance to like do my rest period um, like I wanted to before doing this podcast, but I was preparing for it. And so this morning I grabbed, I was getting my smoothie and I got a matcha for this afternoon. And in my matcha, I had them add spirulina and cacao and maca and mushrooms. And when I ordered this, <laughs> the guy looked at me. He's like, you're going to be walking out of here with your eyes bulging out of your head. <laughs> I was like, well, I need that mid-afternoon boost. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's super yummy. I mean, it's, it was actually a little bit gritty, but, um, but I feel good. I feel really good. Mm, awesome. I know. I feel amazing. Also, like I've really, that video, uh, just really helped me revolutionize my daily cycles and I am still feeling amazing. I've kept up on my morning practices and having that little dip uh, in the afternoon and just really keeping like awareness, like actually a big change that's happened is, so, you know, I've been, I've been on the carnivore thing mm -hmm. and I got to add something. And so <laughs> I tried to, I added two things since we last talked. <laughs> um, one is I added coffee oh, because I thought, coffee. Oh, right. I really just wanted that. I, I was like, Oh, I want this energy. Right. And I sense I've actually taken it back out again. Mm. Uh, because even though it gives me that energy boost, right. When I get it, it's like, it's not quite working for me. Like, like four to six hours afterwards, I'm, it feels like it's zapping the energy out of me. So, uh, that's been really interesting just to really notice that and be super in tune with, with my energy. So I can make those kinds of choices. I'm not saying I'll never have coffee again, but I was trying it, you know, on a daily basis, um, in the mornings and yeah, so I've actually taken that back out. And then I also tried grapefruit, uh, which I'm also taking grapefruit back out. Um, it gave me a headache immediately. Really? I wonder why. Yeah. You know, my guess is because I've been, I've just been carnivore. And so I literally have not had like carbohydrates or sugars at all, like past my lips. And so I feel like having that, um, it just did had a little bit of reaction. And I think what I need to do is start with vegetables, like do a body, a body test. Um, and then I'll, I'll check back in with the grapefruit, um, you know, in a couple of weeks after I've added a few other things. Oh my goodness. I thought you were, cause you were talking about like broccoli or, uh, avocado. Yeah. I, so that's my next, so I'm waiting until tomorrow. Tomorrow's the day where I get to add broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. I mean, I can't um, imagine broccoli causing issues. You know, um, for some people, it really depends on the person. Actually, um, the brassica family, um, so broccoli, Brussels sprouts, uh, things like that, cauliflower, can cause people a lot of like um, gas, a lot of uh, discomfort um, in their bodies. And so 
yeah, I'm I'm checking it out. I'm guessing that my body probably really wants it, and I'm one of those people that it actually, you know, really wants that. Is it just depend is. on how it's cooked, though? Um, it how it's cooked helps, but that's not the only factor. I mean, basically, basically, people have different sensitivities to things, and that's you know why I did this whole carnivore thing in the first place is because I was having. Uh, immune response, like a histamine response to things that I normally wouldn't. Um, I was just having too much inflammation happening in my body. And so now being very mindful what I add and really noticing, um, you know, what kind of difference it is. And people, I mean, everybody's different, but unfortunately, broccoli is a thing that has been known to cause um, trouble with people's intestinal systems. I was reading an article on Healthline last night and it was, um, I think it had like 30 things that are, uh, it's like herbs and different foods and things that are aphrodisiacs for women. And one of the things was red wine. I was like, fuck yeah, I get to keep my red wine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely not on your diet. I know, but (laughs) not yet, not yet. Um, But, you know, adding things in moderation, I feel like that's the key thing that I'm getting out of this is, you know, everything in moderation and really just listening to my body really. I mean, I love this is so in alignment with our show today, really like checking in with my own body about what consent like what my body consents to because a lot of times my mind will just override you know oh well I want this thing and I didn't check in with my body I know how to muscle test myself and see if that's what my body wants right now um nice very cool yeah yeah so I have been going on dates since I've been here in New York which has been fun I've really been enjoying dating and going out and so I went out with a guy and um it was kind of interesting because I felt like the consent thing did come up in like yeah it was he was a really nice guy and I actually do want to see him again I enjoyed our time together but I felt like even for me like he was a little bit on the pushy side um and wasn't communicating very well when it came to kind of like those physical boundaries um and so what came up for me with that was just like really the education that we need um and i'm you know me like (laughs) i'm pretty like just you know most of the time i'm like okay yeah just down to fuck like whatever but you know, I do think that it's important that we have these conversations so that way people can really know um, and and just understand better, like how, how it really impacts us when our boundaries are pushed, um, maybe not necessarily violated. I feel like violated is, you know, can be a strong word, even though maybe that's, it is what it is. But like if our boundaries are pushed and, uh, just how that makes us feel inside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a sensitive topic and people, I think a lot of people are doing it without realizing that that's what they're doing. Yeah. They, and that's exactly when I was looking into this subject, 
what a lot of what I found was there was actually a study done on 154 men and I'll go into the study but really a lot of what their findings were suggested that men were actually earnestly attempting to determine whether consent was given um, but they were just relying on questionable sexual scripts to disambiguate the situation so they weren't really using the right tools to determine if consent was given or not and i think that's what is important that we have this education for because we don't want good men who are really attempting to do their best to still be making these mistakes that will cause them, um, you know, to, to cause harm to others and also to themselves just by not reading the situation clearly. Yeah. I mean, I think this is, this, this is imperative. I mean, it's true. It's true across the board. You know, you want to be using the right technology for the right situation. And, if we look at our cultural norms, like just look at like, you know, an example is like Star Wars or yeah, Star Wars, like they, in the early Star Wars, like, like, it's like Luke Skywalker is like this big hero, right? He's just so great, but he's like forcing himself on the heroine. And that's like the example that we're, we're giving to people in the mass media of like, this is what it takes to be like a really strong man. And this is, you know, and we're picking that kind of stuff up. And then obviously we're going to be using the wrong tools to judge a situation if we're picking it up from from the kind of things that we're getting in the media. I have never watched Star Wars, so I had <laughs> no idea that that goes down. So, I mean, is he like raping them? What's the deal? No, um, no, it's like, it's like, it's like, that's what's building the chemistry and the attraction uh, between these, these two people, which, and it ends up that, that, you know, they're not together. It's better that they're not. Um, <laughs> But the point being, it's like the the hero in a lot of uh, different media things. I mean, you can just look at it and, and the way that they are being with women on screen, like that's what so many of us are modeling, like what's okay. And when we look at these different, you know, especially if you look at older films, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can, you can see the way that they, I mean, the way that they treat women, the way that they, yeah, they just like, there's so many cultural norms that now we get is like, it's not okay. Right. Like, or maybe even most of us get that these things aren't okay. But if we think about how many people have been programmed with that movie or that, that TV show or that video game, you know, whatever it is they're playing over and over, like those are the places that we're picking up the tools that we're using to assess situations, like what's normal. And if we've been normalizing um, behavior that we're, we're forcing ourselves onto women and that's what they find attractive. I mean, 007 is another example. I'm trying to use examples like men in the audience <laughs> would know about. Uh, but that's like another example where it's like, you know, he pushes her up against the wall and she doesn't want it, but she just can't resist because he's so handsome. And it's like, come on, this is not, this is not how we behave, but yet it's exalted as, as that's the person who's the hero of the story. 
Mm, right. So, yeah, I think what is really important here for guys to understand then is how sexy it is to and how masculine it is to be emotionally mature, to be able to have conversations that include consent and that is actually like a very masculine way of behaving um, compared to I guess some of these other examples that we've had in the past of what masculinity is and just starting to come to kind of a new understanding of like you can still be that it actually is very powerful to be the type of man that's so in control of himself that he can have, um, that he can know how to handle himself in these types of situations and that women will actually find that incredibly sexy. Yeah. I mean, confidence is, it is sexy. It's a beautiful thing. And confidence when engaging in a conversation about what we may or may not be doing uh, later, like that's, that's freaking sexy. Right. Because the reality of it is if, if a woman, um, you know, is pushed into something and she goes along with it, then what actually happens in her body is her body shuts down. Of course, Hollywood doesn't show us this, but that's what happens in a woman's body is she shuts down physically. She shuts down sexually. She shuts down emotionally. And that is not sexy. And then you've got a guy who is like, well, at the beginning, she was all about having sex with me and now she won't have sex with me anymore. And it's like, well, because her body has been violated and her body um, you know, she had sex when she actually was a no. And so she has shut down. And we know that is actually really unsexy for both people involved and causes so much misery in relationships. Yeah. I mean, I can think of myself when, you know, I thought that I like, you know, I, I can think of examples in my life where I was not totally tuned in to my own yes and my own no so that I could communicate that clearly. And every single time that that has happened, it has caused stress. It's caused distress uh, between myself and the other person because I wasn't I wasn't really tuned in to what I really wanted. Either I had society expectations where like I didn't want to have sex because I didn't know this person very long, right? But like my body was like a yes, but I couldn't like admit that or it took me a while to admit that or vice versa where, you know, I wanted to be with this person. I wanted closeness, but I wanted something different than sex in that moment. But I chose to override my own desires and asking for what I really wanted and, you know, kind of went along with what they were doing. And then that's, a, it's a disaster. Like it's a disaster. Am I in my pleasure when I'm doing that? Am I like excited to be with that person again? No, like it just like creates tension and friction. And then worst of all, it's training my brain. It's training me that I'm not safe, that I'm not even safe with myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, so, okay, this, this study that I found. So this was um, 
I think it was in 2017 that this study was done. So granted, this was four years ago. This is, you know, kind of early in the this period of really consent being something we talk about a lot more. And so things may have changed since then. But at that time, it was uh, faculty at Binghampton University and Rush University. They looked at 145 straight male students attending a large university in the southeast of the U.S. And what they did was they presented them with various hypothetical sexual examples. And in response, most of the men confused sexual interest from a female partner with consent. So what the researchers found was that basically if their partner didn't say no, the men in the study seemed to think that it meant yes. So what they found was that um, the way in which the woman communicated her sexual intentions, uh, that is like verbal refusal versus passive responding, had the largest effect on men's uh, perceptions. So this was uh, said by Bing Binghampton University Associate Professor of Psychology, Richard uh, Matson. He said that in a press release. So what we know from this is that it's that men are tending to understand verbal cues better than um, body language cues. So that means for women, it's very important for women to speak up. And what it means for men is it's really important for them to be verbalizing and asking for consent. So um, both partners need to be involved in the communication around this. So that way you can really know that you're on the same page. I think that is such an excellent point. I mean, think about how many times, you know, we assume something from somebody's, you know, nonverbal uh, expression, uh, but really, you know, something else is going on, you know, like maybe they just thought of something or they just like one, I had somebody, <laughs> I just smelled a gross smell. Right. And I made a face and the person thought it was all about them. Right. It's just, it's so easy to misinterpret what is going on. If we're just looking at the, at the body, I mean, it's great when these things are in alignment, but like getting clear using our words, uh, to ask specifically, like, hey, do you do you want to have sex with me? Hey, do you want to go back to my place? You know what? There are there is there's language that we can really take responsibility for, and like being clear about what it is that we want and what it is that we don't want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I know, like for instance, the situation that I was just referring to myself that happened last week, like my body wanted sex. Like I was definitely turned on and like, I felt that, but it was also not my intention that day to go and have sex with this person. It wasn't something that I was really feeling like, you know, and it, and I know I talk a lot about like being in your body instead of in my head, but it all has to be in alignment, right? You've got to have the cortex and the limbic system and the primal brain and the body all in alignment. And it wasn't there for me. So like while my body and maybe my primal brain were like, yes, like I I'm turned on, I want to have sex. My 
emotions weren't there with this person and like in my my cortical part of my brain it was like this isn't this isn't what I'm here for this isn't what I came here for like and I just was a no in those two parts of my brain so even though he was probably getting from me like all the physical cues of yes I want this I was still a no yeah I love that distinction between sexual interest and sexual intent uh, I think that that's really a very important distinction to make because sometimes, I mean, that's where I've like literally even misjudged myself where it's like my body is turned on, but you know, for me, it's like being in, in a, a sexual relationship or in a moment, like I do need other things that I need to feel really safe in that moment. I need to, you know, I need to feel like not rushed. Um, in that moment, I need to be able to talk about these things and communicate them. And the, the, the turn on, right? Like that's like the initial part for me. That's like, that's the first part. And then, you know, bringing the rest of those things into alignment, that that's what actually determines whether I'm going to have sex with someone actually or not, just because I'm turned on, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that doesn't mean I'm going to have sex with a person just because I have some arousal, some sexual arousal, like, well, gosh, then I just be like, would be having sex with people like down at the, the park all the time. Or you know, it's like, I see that guy on the bike and I'm like, Oh, like, I'm not going to pull over and just have sex with him immediately because I'm turned on. Like, I'm going to appreciate the turn on. I'm going to use that and move it through my body. And like, love that but the choice of actually choosing to have sex like it takes a little bit more than just that right yeah i know in this particular situation i was like well i'm on like one of the heaviest flow days of my period and i just met this guy and i'm on a white couch like is this really what i'm wanting right now like i wasn't really feeling that and don't get me wrong like i love having bloody sex like that doesn't bother me but it's also like a, a mood that I want to be in and like I wasn't in that space and it was and also is like I've got a call coming up like I need to get home and like you know I felt rushed I didn't I knew it wasn't going to be the sex that I wanted to have I wasn't going to be able to like be there for like you know two hours and like have tantric sex right like it was going to be rushed and I was just like there were so many things that are just like ugh, like it just wasn't what I wanted um you know and so I think for guys listening it's important to understand that it's just because she says no or she doesn't want sex right then like it doesn't mean it's something about you it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you like there's a lot of things that go through a person's head <laughs> Yeah, I think this is so critical, like not to take it personally. This is, it's just so important. There are other needs that that women or people in general that they have. It's not just about like, am I going to have sex right now or not? Like there's other things that are happening that are important to a person besides just that. And that's why talking about it is really helpful. You know, asking a person, well, what do they need? you know, to feel safe in having sex? Like what are the, you know, what, what kinds of experiences do they want to have? Like, what are the, what are the key things that they need to know about in advance to feel good about it? 
Mm-hmm, definitely. And I think a lot of guys are really afraid um, of like ruining the mood. And this comes, this really stems from their need for sex. And I talk with guys about this a lot when they're like coming into my man on fire program or in it about how like this need for sex actually really turns women off and how it's so disempowering to men. But what happens is because there's so many guys out there that aren't getting the sex that they want. They don't feel like they're getting enough sex. They're coming into a sexual situation from a place of lack that they're so afraid to um, get that they're going to miss this opportunity to have sex. And so what they do is they're just like, well, I don't want to say anything. I don't want her to, you know, suddenly change her mind and they're they're coming at it from need rather than being totally full in themselves filled up just like really being in this state of awesome amazingness around their sexuality and like coming to sex from that place is such a different experience than coming at it from like oh my god I'm so desperate to have sex it's been however long I don't feel sexually fulfilled I don't know when I'll get another chance with a woman again all these fears are often what are propelling them in that moment um, towards sex rather than like just being in such confidence. And the way that you get that confidence isn't from just having a lot of sex because you can be having sex and still not feel satisfied and fulfilled. Like there are plenty of guys that I talk to that are like, yeah, I mean, she wants sex from me, but like, it's just boring. I don't even want it. Right. And so I know that's not the norm. Like more often it's guys not getting the sex that they want or feeling like they're, they're getting enough sex, but you fill yourself up by doing your own inner work. Like the guys that I work with a man on fire, they are doing so much self-pleasure, but in a way that it is meeting their needs on the level of belonging, of safety, of love. So that way they're feeling like when they come and they interact with women, it's from this place of like, yeah, I've got my shit together. Like I'm okay. I'm confident with my life no matter what happens. And it's a lot more attractive. Women are going to definitely notice a difference and feel that. Um, And they're going to be a lot more interested in having sex with you. And you're also not going to find yourself getting yourself into trouble because you're pushing for something um, just because you feel desperate for it. I think that is such an excellent point. When we are coming from a place of scarcity, like there's not enough, like the way that we're coming from that is like, we're going to take something from someone else, right? Like it's, we're trying to take and to fill ourselves up. And that is not the spirit that we want to have in healthy sexual relationships. We really want to be coming from a place where we're so full, we're so excited, we're ready to give and, and ready to ask for what we want and that we know that we're worth it. And you're so right about sexy. I mean, come on. 
Like confidence is so amazingly sexy uh, in a man and in a woman. I mean, it's just like when we see that, it's like we we want we want to be with that. We want to to be in a space. We like there's this confidence, like not only that, like that they're gonna like ask for what they want, but like their no is their no, their yes is their yes. It's like a way that we, we can trust them to be empowered within themselves to make the best choices and decisions. And like, that's one of the things that's so attractive about it. Uh, I mean, at least for myself and in, in seeing a man who's, who's confident and who really appreciates my confidence is like, we're gonna make magic together. And that's the kind of sex I wanna be having. Yes, exactly. Right. Like, don't we all want to be having sex with somebody that's a full on yes to be there? Because you can have sex with somebody, but we've I, I know so many guys have had the experience of having sex with a woman that they know she's just not that into it. She doesn't really care to be there. She's thinking about something else. She just wants it to be over with. And like that is as miserable as it is to not have sex, probably even more miserable because you're having all these feelings of rejection and self-doubt. Um, like and it's really, really painful. And so it's so much better that like every sexual encounter we have is met with enthusiastic consent where people like both people are really excited about participating in having sex. Yes. I'm a fuck yes for that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because nobody wants to have sex and then just feel like, oh, well, I guess they weren't really into that. Like, I must have not been very good, you know, or whatever. We've got all these stories that start to go through our heads. Yeah. Um, but and it's also important to realizing to realize that like every person is going to be different. Every situation is going to be different. And so there isn't necessarily just a one size fits all approach to this. Um, people who like, I guess, have a lot of sexual maturity might be able to go around it in one way. Other people who um, have uh, a lot of sexual trauma and they that they haven't really worked through are going to need um, different ways of approaching sex and consent. So this really is something that um, there needs to be conversation around because without it, you're just not going to know um, where both parties are at. And that's when that's when, you know, more trauma can happen when people get into situations that they really shouldn't be in. And so one of the easiest things to avoid is partners who are vulnerable and not the type of vulnerability that we talk a lot about on this show. Like we definitely want openness, connectedness, being vulnerable with our partner in a heart open type of way, but specifically like people that are intoxicated people that are sexually inexperienced, um, people that are in a new type of a new sexual situation, um, if they're acting recklessly or immature, if their physical or mental capacity to make informed sexual decisions is impaired or limited, like the more vulnerable people are in these types of ways, then the greater risk that they're going to have of feeling like 
they were pressured, they were coerced, or they may feel regretful the next day. All right. And so like specifically, if people are heavily intoxicated, if they're asleep, if they're unconscious, if they're not of legal age, um, these people are not legally capable of providing consent. And so sex with them is by default sexual assault, no matter how eager they seem. So that's a really easy one to just avoid 100%. Yeah. Cross it off. Don't do it. (laughs) Not worth it. You will incur the wrath of all of your friends, your own conscience, uh, and it's just it's just not worth it for that one moment. Um, it is just it's not worth it. I've, I mean, I've personally seen it ruin uh, people's lives, both the life of the person that they were um, pursuing sexually and then also for the the person who's making that choice it's not a good choice and that's something that you have to live with uh so just don't do it yeah i mean i have a friend that's a good guy and he is very sexually aware um he understands how to have conversations around consent um and he several years ago got himself into a situation where um I think he was at a sex party and there was a woman there that he was asking her consent every step of the way, but she unknowing to, he didn't realize, uh, I guess the severity of the situation that she was in, in regards to, I think she had taken some sort of psychedelic or something. And so he ended up you know she felt very regretful after the fact and for years has been harassing him publicly on social media about this situation um i don't know if if harassment is the right word but she is just like very vocal about that he did this to her um even though he has gone and he's apologized to her several times like he's really done his best to make amends it's something that he is still having to deal with because like he i guess he just didn't his his story is that he didn't realize where she was at like with the drugs and you know but she was she was in a situation where she was vulnerable um and so he's still paying the price for that mm-hmm. yeah We got to make sure we got to communicate. And that is, I love number one rule. I love that it's number one because it's the easiest thing for us to avoid just by asking those questions and really looking at the environment, um, you know, for those kinds of signals. Yeah. And I've seen threads like on Reddit and such where the guys are like, oh, I have, um, you know, sex with my my partner when she's asleep and she has given me consent prior but you know and you would think all right well she's given consent and she's his partner so everything should be fine but actually it still isn't because if she's asleep and she's she's not able to give consent in that moment and consent can be taken away at any time Yeah, that's an excellent point. I mean, and what we're talking about is we're dealing with the body on a level that's like beyond 
just our, our cortex, right? This is beyond just our regular thinking mind. Like we're dealing with like the body and it, it's actually feeling safe. And it's just so important that that we respect that, that it's, it's not, it doesn't matter how enthusiastic that person is, or they seem in that moment, if a person is truly impaired, it's just not worth it. No. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so yeah, those are just some good things to, to keep in mind. And then also just always negotiating consent verbally. So just like, if you want something, ask for it. And if you don't want something, then speak up. So, um, women need to be able to learn how to speak up as well. Uh, and this is something that's really, really hard for women because we have really shut ourselves down when it comes to talking about sex and sexuality. It's something where, uh, in the past, like so many women have felt like they had to go along with it in order to stay safe. Um, I even had, I recently spoke with a woman who said, she had found herself several times in a situation where she thought she was going to get raped. And so she would, you know, just jerk the guy off. So that way she could get herself out of that situation. And so these are the realities that women live with that they so often feel unsafe in sexual situations. And I think for a lot of men out there that don't that aren't the guys that are rapists they don't really understand what women have to go through and so it's hard to understand like where they're coming from if you don't understand like what what women have experienced for thousands of years and so like really just starting to educate yourself more around these issues of like how dangerous it can be for women. Um, one of my podcast guests, she had mentioned, and I, I haven't personally seen statistics on this, but she mentioned how when women or when men go on a date with somebody and you ask them like, what's your biggest fear going into a date? Their biggest fear is that they will uh, get made fun of. You ask a woman, her biggest fear is that she could get killed. And so we're really dealing with a lot more fear that women have when it comes to dating and sex uh, in relationships. And so uh, for guys like that want to be part of the solution, which is I know the audience here that listens to this to this podcast is guys that actually, you know, give a fuck and they, they don't want to be part of the problem, like just starting to understand where women are at in this is not in any way to cause you to shut yourself down sexually or to shut down your masculinity because women want to feel your masculinity and your presence. But the way you do that is by developing it in yourself rather than pushing sex. Like pushing sex is not the ideal way of you know somehow proving or showing your masculinity like you can still have a lot of masculine sexual energy you can be really confident and have 
um, you know, crossed these T's and dotted these I's. Yeah. I mean, that's to me, that's fucking sexy. Like that's what I love is, uh, is a man who's showing up with confidence and who is clearly, I mean, my best sexual encounters, I think of it. And it's just like, yeah, they, they asked me what I wanted. They told me what they wanted. They checked in and like made sure that I was having a really great time the whole time. It's just like, there's just on point communication, uh, which is possible when we've done our inner work. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's really considerate to ask for permission, you know, and women respond well to men that are considerate. And it's, it's actually surprising how few men really just take the time to ask women what they want when it comes to things. And so like when you show up in that way as a man, it can be like, wow, he actually cares, you know, like he, he cares if like I, how I feel like that's literally what's going to go through a woman's head is surprise because so often it just, and whether or not the intention is there or not of not caring or caring, it comes across as as they as men don't that they're not very considerate. And so, I think probably for most guys, they're not intending to come across as inconsiderate. Um, but it is like when we can start to understand each other and have these conversations with each other like and start to come bridge the gap between the way we have communicated in the past so that way we're communicating closer to the same way that's when we're going to also create more intimacy and more connection yeah and also i mean it's gonna have a man stand out from all of the other men. I mean, being like so memorable. And the good news is the bar is not really that high of like to like impress a woman. I mean, really, you gotta just show that you care and ask questions, like being considerate, being thoughtful. I mean, those kinds of things are gonna have you just stand out in the dating world as someone who women want to date, who they, you know, they they want to be with uh, because they're showing up in a way that feels good and makes makes her feel really good. Right, and if we're looking at masculinity, like really empowered masculinity and compared to what comes across so often as toxic masculinity, which the toxic ways of, of expressing masculinity is more of that taking aspect, right? Which I don't actually believe is true masculinity. I think that is more insecurity that's coming up for people. Whereas really empowered masculinity is a protector. It's a provider. It's a warrior, right? And so if you're coming across as a man who's like, I actually, I really care about you in this situation. I want to know like if it's okay, if you feel safe with me and like, can I, can I touch you in this way? Can I take your shirt off right now? Like that creates 
sense of safety. And that's when a woman is going to be able to surrender to you, which is ultimately what you're desiring to have when you have sex with a woman. You don't want to have sex with a woman whose body is tense, who is painful to her when you're penetrating her. Um, that woman is not going to be able to have amazing orgasms. That woman is not going to be able to just be in her bliss and her surrender and her wildness with you, which is what is really fucking sexy. But if a woman feels safe in your presence, if she feels protected in your presence, then she's going to be able just to open up so you can have this really fucking incredible sex that I know men want so badly. God, I wish we were on video today because when you're saying like protector, provider, warrior, like the grin on my face is like, yeah. Oh yes. Like, I love this. Like, tell me more King, like come to me. I'm just like, it turns my body on just saying those words. It feels so good. And to feel safe and held in that is just, it's so powerful. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And so it is we're like shifting the paradigm exactly like you said we're like in this we're in this state right now where things are shifting. And so it's normal for when things shift for there to be some awkwardness for there to be some growth pains, you know, but that doesn't mean we just give up and just say fuck it like you know you were a teenage boy at one point and you just stayed there like you kept growing you know yeah. <laughs> maybe there were some awkward moments but you kept going through it to like really get to that you know state of being a man and that's just where we're at right now in in this whole process um you know but you can you can do things like you can just invite your partner also to to do things for you so if you're instead of asking for permission you can offer your partner something that you'd like to do like you know you can say i'd love to kiss you or i'd love to give you a massage i'd love to take your shirt off would you like that or you could say like um would you like to give me a back rub and see how they respond to that so there are ways that you can do this that doesn't have to be just like can I touch you? May I kiss you? Like you can just be like, you know, I'd love to do this. Is that, is that okay with you? Would you like that? Um, and there's just some other language that you can use. I think it's so important to also, especially in new relationship, um, like say what we're doing before we're doing it there's this, this, so there's a vigilant center in a woman's brain and it is on, it is on and noticing everything and making sure that everything is going to be okay. You know, is the, is the door shut? Is, is it safe for me to be here right now? You know, what's going on? And in order for a woman to really relax that part of her brain, like if she knows what's coming next and she knows that it, you know, a, a yes is totally great. And a no is totally great. And a, I'm not sure yet is totally great. Like if she knows that she's safe to be in this communication, the level of opening the level of surrender like you said the level of orgasms that are possible with this and i know the kind of people who are listening to this right now like i know these are the kind of people who are willing to be on the leading edge 
that they're willing to make those steps forward and to be able to create these kinds of relationships and share it with their brothers also share it uh, so that we are having healthy relationships and really satisfying sex for everybody yeah because we all want to have good sex (laughs) there's nothing worse than bad sex (laughs) oh gosh oh i have stopped sex in the middle of having sex because they were not present with me and (laughs) it was just like no it's like it's more worth it for me to just go (laughs) i have other things to do (laughs) right like i want to feel good i want to feel held and 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 adored and oh and it's not worth it. Like I have other cool things to do in my life. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh god. So, yeah, I mean, these are just some of the basics. There's definitely much more that we could go into. Um, but just, you know, always encouraging your partner to say no or to say yes at any point. And always err on the side of caution. Always, always, always. It's so much better to err on the side of caution um, because that is, that's where you're just going to really know that you're protected, that she's protected, you know, and maybe sex with that person ends up not happening because you erred on the side of caution. But that's okay because (laughs) that's better than you know getting into a situation that you and her both regret later on yeah absolutely absolutely if there's a question like if it's not a fuck yes then it's a no the 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 in between the all that no 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 it's got to be a fuck yes like unambiguous yes i'm in and then you, then we don't have to worry about these other situations. Uh, it's totally fine if we don't have sex. There's plenty of other things to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so should we play some cards? Ooh, I would love to. We got just a couple minutes left. So I think, um, I think I'll pull a card. Let me pull out my deck. It's called the Intimacy Deck to any of you who are new. And it's at gamesforhumanity.com. We'll put a link in the description. Awesome. I also, um, Sarah Rose, can we put a link for that tea, the YouTube consent tea video? It's just so good at explaining consent for people. Oh, yeah, totally. We will uh, link that in there as well. I remember just finding that and just being like, yes, this to anyone who does not understand consent or needs a refresher, it's funny. It's a little cartoon video and it's it's funny and very poignant. Nice. Okay. Ooh, I pulled a sexy one. All right. To me, receiving pleasure feels blank. Hmm. Uh receiving pleasure feels electric. Yeah, like even yesterday. I had a created space to self-pleasure and like I was just really noticing parts of my body, parts of my my vulva specifically where I wasn't feeling as much sensation as I typically do and I was just like really going into that those areas and just bringing the pleasure back alive and it wasn't about 
having orgasm, which I eventually did orgasm, but it wasn't like just that was the goal or the intention. The The goal and the intention was really just being so present with my body and just like finding the places where there wasn't as much pleasure or I wasn't feeling as much sensation and pleasure and encouraging the pleasure to, to come alive there. And so, uh, yeah, like it just, it was such a very, very needed experience. Like this whole move and my grandmother dying, everything has been, you know, just, um, kind of just topsy turvy for a bit. And I just needed some space just to go in and reactivate, some of these uh, pleasure spots on my body. Mm, juicy. <laughs> oh, well, I do have you to thank also. Um, to those of you who don't know, I'm also doing a women's uh, tantric activation course with Sarah Rose. And I got to say, I am like with you on the receiving pleasure and the solo cultivation, um, really spending time with myself. Like for me, it is, it's, I'm like saying it right now and there's like waves going through my body of like, oh yeah, like that. It just, it feels so amazing to surrender completely to my own my own pleasure, my own joy, and like, let it just like carry me. It feels like, like this floating and these waves that just like, like come in and go out and come in and go out. And it's just, it's not even just the orgasm. I mean, it's like everything. I mean, yes, orgasms. Awesome. I love it. It's great. But there's that, the whole experience of it, I mean, is, God, I mean, I'm, I'm not usually at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll just say waves. It feels like waves. <laughs> mm, and that is sex and Sarah Rose. <laughs> Aaron Hickok at a loss for words. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Sarah again. Thanks for listening. Make sure you check out the links in the show notes for everything we discussed in this episode. And you can also find out about how you can work with me. Until next time, lovers. Down tonight.